0: .if integrative and
1: preventive healthcare. the content discussed in this episode is for informative purposes only and should not be replaced by individualized professional consultations or professional medical advice
0: hey guys i'm tasha
1: hey listeners this is goonie and we're here to discuss lifestyle medicine
0: so goonie you know i've tried like a gazillion diets before Mm-hmm. Uh, from like paleo to keto to intermittent fasting to no carbs, cutting sugar. I think I was probably crazy in all those times. <laughs> More than I can remember of actually. Like, have you have you di- done diets like this? I think the better question
1: is what diet have I not tried? Uh, maybe from your list, the keto, because it involves a lot of meat. Oh, paleo, sorry. See, I'm even confused about all these different names. My first diet was at the age of 14.
0: Damn, that is that is young. Like mm. I think I was probably 15 or 16 and it's crazy because I didn't have any idea about nutrition except that you have to eat your veggies <laughs> and that's all I knew about mm. it but I was doing a diet at 15 or 16 with no
1: guidance. <laughs> same here, same here. I I think it was my first attempt to intermittent fasting and a very bad one. Basically, I just starved myself. My dad was actually very concerned but you know, when you don't feel good in your body, you're just you you're just so desperate. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. You know, when you, you just want a shortcut to feel better in a certain way. And I think one of the most common diets out there these days is intermittent fasting. Uh, it even sounds like it's healthy to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like if intermittent fasting is all it's hyped up to be, and I think it's probably best we speak to a specialist, a dietitian, yep. who can actually... Weigh in on this, pun intended. Uh, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> for that, we are bringing in a Fariha J. Fariha is an anthropologist turned dietitian who's based in Plymouth, who currently runs her own private practice with clients across the globe. She also works with the NHS as a diabetes specialist and has a special interest in South Asian diets, where she even developed the South Asian Eat Well Guide to help South Asians navigate their dietary choices better. So welcome to Dr. of The Podcast, Fariha. We are eager to find out all you have to say about this.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Welcome, Fahriha. My
1: first question to you is, have you done any diet? I'm actually assuming you have because you're a woman. <laughs> 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 what was the first diet you've done and how old were you?
2: Honestly, I'm going to surprise both of you now, but never
1: ever have I done a diet. Oh my goodness, I think you are the exception. (laughs) The thing is, this
2: this was, and this is what we will talk about later on as well. Mm -hmm. But never ever in my life I had issues with weight gain, I never had that problem. So I never even, um, I think in my late 30s. I started thinking that "Mm, perhaps, you know, I'll be really honest with you that I've never
0: followed any specific diet. (laughs) Listen, I think kudos to your mom and your family (laughs) for not putting that pressure on you and for having a good circle around you you know
1: or she was blessed with a very high metabolism and she didn't have to think about she she didn't have any weight gain so she was like you know (laughs) looking fit and nice all this time and at the age of 30 because you know hormone happens age (laughs) happens and then she (laughs) might be thinking this but we'll figure it out we'll see what what comes up this is what it's all about it's all
2: about the different factors building in so it's not it's not just the one factor which will which will make us gain or lose weight so there's so many factors involved
0: yeah i mean that's a fair point the the most common one we see these days are it's related to fasting mm. like cutting out food right and having a period of time where you don't eat maybe we can break that down first and kind of unpack what is actually fasting and you know is is there is there some truth to to the the craziness of fasting so the thing is tasha fasting has always been there
2: there if you look in historical times as well and if you look into the religion side of it, uh, it Usually we tend to associate fasting with Islam, but if you look deeper into it, all religions, you know, Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, Hinduism, all of them will have a, a, a type of fasting. So yeah, everyone funny. will have their own version of it, uh, what they're eating, the timings, but fasting has always been there. Then, as you, you guys also mentioned, so uh, everyone can, can have a different pattern person, someone will say that I will fast for this many hours, the other person might say that I will include these foods and I will exclude these (laughs) foods. So fasting, to be honest, will have no definition. Everyone can have a different meaning for it. Every culture can have a different meaning for it. Every religion can have a different meaning for it. But we know that it has always been there. But when you talk about intermittent fasting, it is a bit different. So what Mm. is intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting is when there's alternating cycles of you eating and fasting without specifying that in the eating hours, what will you be eating? So now we know there is there's time for mm. eating and there is there are there is times for not eating. Then to go further on that, there are so many types of intermittent fasting. You'll be surprised, it's a mind feeling. Right. So the most common ones, I'll say there are many, but just to point out a few of them, there's one which is called the 5-2, there's one which is called the 6-1, there's one which is called the 16-8. So there are different types of um, the, uh, intermittent fasting the 16 8 I would say is the most popular and most of my clients which come to which which come to me uh, they they are following the 16 8 and with 16 8 what's happening is that 16 hours they're not eating anything they're fasting mm-hmm. and 18 hours is their window period in which they are eating and then again I would like to stress that without any specification of the type of diet they having, food
1: of food you can yes. eat during those right. eight hours right yes. and and when is that bracket usually you know the windows where you don't eat do they set it themselves or the common bracket that everyone follows
2: They set it themselves, but usually how it starts is that they would stop eating at five or six o'clock in the evening. And the next day, then around one or two, or they'll calculate the hours they'll start eating again. But then again, they just, they just focus on the 16 hour side of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone can have their own timings for it. And then we've got the five, two diet. The five, two diet is that on the uh, five days they are eating their usual dietary intake, and for two days, they will have around five to 600 calories. Then the six one diet is six days. They will have their usual dietary intake and one day they will not eat at all. So really, mm-hmm. if you look into the intermittent fasting side of it as well, there's so many types of it and people choose what would they feel comfortable with and what they can adopt as well.
0: It's crazy that, you know, there's these there's so many variations of it but like why do you think it's become so like popular and why has it become like a trend in recent times
2: it has hasn't it it's a, a big trend these days and I think that intermittent fasting has a strong media uh, presence as well if you look into celebrities like Beyonce uh Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Aniston, Ben Affleck, all of them, they have been doing intermittent fasting. So obviously when they are mm-hmm. doing it, you know, it, it, it's, it makes you think. And then on the other hand, the proponents of intermittent fasting, they claim that it helps shed pounds faster as compared to traditional diets. So obviously if someone really wants to lose weight, they'll see, ah, okay, this is something which will make me lose quick. Why should I not try this then? Then on the other hand, if you look online, if you read magazines, if you watch telly, you will also see that there have been studies being done on it. And there have been positive results with pe- pe- people with uh, managing diabetes. So their sugar levels have come into control. They start feeling better. So uh, the, the redu- it's reducing the risk marker for diabetes. On the other hand, there have been certain uh, researches and studies that intermittent fasting can improve inflammatory cytokine profile. And which may have positive impact on aging. So again, right. if someone someone reads this and someone listens to this, they yeah they will say why not? Why shall I not right. it? And, th- and further to say, it can boost your cell repair. And how does it do it? It removes the damaged cells from your body. So so you're getting new cells in the body. So listening to all this, and then you and then your uh, favorite celebrities are doing it. So why not? It will be a trend. But one thing we should bear in mind is uh, that the large scale research in this area is very limited. So yes, I I also told you that the positive aging and all, but we must understand that the research is very limited and there's ongoing research and we cannot make conclusions as yet.
1: Um, So you're saying that research is, it's still very slim and it's limited. Mm -hmm. As a dietitian, what is your point of view with regards to to intermediate fasting? Is this something that you would recommend to your client?
2: Okay. So the thing is, um, as a dietitian, I would never ask my clients to follow something like this we must understand that at the end of the day, it is not a balanced approach and potentially it will interfere with your metabolic rate. Um, Not having structure would also mean that uh, you, you're not prepared what you're eating so perhaps you're not eating the right foods are you including your starchy carbs are you having your proteins are you having your fruit and vegetables or are you just thinking that this is my window period and i'll stuff myself with you know crisps right. biscuits so really uh and saying that when my clients come to me and some of them really insist that they would want to follow intermittent fasting, then I'll ask them two questions. First, I will say that think of the sustainability side of it. Can you sustain this forever? Is this something which you can carry on doing? If the answer is yes, go on, do it. But if you can't sustain it, then then what's the point? And the second thing is, then again, I have to go over with them, discussing with them that, okay, if that's your period, that's the time, those are the hours which you plan to eat, let's go over the foods. Which, which you should be eating. So we will talk about the starchy carbohydrates. We will talk about the fruit and vegetables. We will talk about healthy fats. We will talk about protein. And I will also talk to them about their uh, calcium intake, which will be in the form of dairy or if they're vegans or vegetarians, the non-dairy options as well. So e- within that window period, then we have to talk about the balanced diet side of it.
0: Right. And and to kind of echo on this point, hmm you know, the 16, eight, like, aren't there schools of thought also that say, like, if you eat mm. too late at night, there is a bad impact on your body, because you're going to sleep shortly after. So is the timing actually important? Also, because here, if I choose to do the, the, the eight hours of eating from 9pm to mm. the following mm. morning, is that actually helpful? Or? Right? again It really depends. There are two sides
2: to it. On one hand, when, you, when we are creating calorie deficit, regardless of the timing, what science says that although there are many other factors, but eventually you will start losing weight because you're creating that calorie deficit. So time doesn't matter. But on the other hand, we always tend to say that it is better to keep a gap before you eat and you sleep. And the reason being is that when you are sleeping... You know, your body is now relaxing. The body wants to shut down now and there's food in it. The digestion can be affected. So it can cause other problems like bloating and not feeling very good. So there are two different sides to it. Nothing nothing with regards to weight loss or weight gain, but you won't feel good enough.
0: Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's a fair point. So
1: I think that even if you were to do like this period is to say from 9pm to the, the following morning, it's also a trick for you to be in a time frame that you actually can't eat mm. much. So it's like discipline. And so it, it does mean that you shouldn't be eating too much so that you're increasing that
0: deficit. Right. I think I want to go back to your point of saying, if you choose to do the 16, eight intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. so you're saying that there are the benefits and like, there's a trend because there's faster results you can visibly see. Right. And there's no uh, structure to the types of food you actually consume mm-hmm. in that time. So, what is the risk and the impact of not having this structure? The fact that you don't have structure uh, during
1: the time you can eat, I think, is is very dangerous because you just think, okay, I can, you know, I can start stuffing my face with food.
0: Yes,
2: absolutely. Yes, first, I want to go back to the claim as well that where the proponents are claiming that you know it is fast weight loss with that because perhaps that's not true. Whenever you create a calorie deficit, regardless of whatever the diet you're doing, you will in, in eventually lose weight. So first, we need to understand that. The second is that it is really essential. If someone wants to do it, they really need to understand what are the risk factors. So one which you've already discussed that when you've not eaten for so long, our brain's first source of energy is carbs, yeah? And mm-hmm. the thing is, we, we've not been giving it, yeah? Yeah. When your brain is not getting those starchy carbs, once it's time to eat, it wants instant energy. So you will, your body and brain will push yourselves towards high sugary and high fatty foods. Why? Because as soon as you have them, they will quickly absorb. Your brain will instantly get what it needs. It will get energy instantly because those are sugars. On the other hand, if we were Mm -hmm. eating all day, we would probably not be longing for that piece of cake because we have regular bursts of energy have been going through our body throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. there is this difference. And I will say that, as you said, that we are restricting ourselves, isn't it, throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. this can be a trigger uh, for people with eating disorders. And sometimes this can be a symptom. That's right. For some people as well. So this needs to be really highlighted here. I think this is a very important point to understand. On the other hand, uh, you tell me Gooni, when you've not eaten all day, you will mm-hmm. feel tired, you will feel lethargic, you will have low mood, and right. you, you will be irritable, it will affect your sleep. And there is some research to suggest that it will affect your immune system as well. So all these things are happening. Uh, The other thing is that we women, (laughs) we are doing it all the time, thinking that we want to lose weight. But do we understand that when we are doing this, it can uh, affect the female hormones as well? Because the female hormones, they are sensitive to the levels of energy in the body. Yeah, they Mm. will get affected. So if the female hormones are affected, it can uh, therefore affect your reproduction. It can affect your fertility and it can affect your period regulation as well. And that is something I have seen my clients coming up to me and they they don't know what their dates are. Sometimes they're skipping or missing their period. And why is that happening? Because they're following this. So they're not eating for a long period of time. So keeping all these things in mind, I again say one another thing to it is that, yes, there there is still an argument. For this, that people can use this for weight loss, because there is no universal solution for weight loss. As both of you said, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know,
1: unfortunately,
2: I, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could take a pill. <laughs> but the, the the important thing here is that we must highlight these potential risks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember when I did like a cleanse, and there was a fasting, there was intermittent fasting in that process. Um, and there was a section of time where you struggle. There's like the first few days where you struggle. And yeah. then after a point, you, you dig in and you're like in that space where you realize the benefits of it because your mind is now changing, your body is changing. So the clarity in, in mind is incredible, but struggle to, to sustain it, right? Yes. So after, after like uh, four, four weeks, I'm, I'm back to trying to integrate to the normal world. And how do I uh, maintain that, that mindset? Mm -hmm. But to to add on to what you're
1: saying is that getting your body to struggle a little bit and and overcome some Mm -hmm. of the previous acquired behaviors around food, but... Mm -hmm during your eating period you're also eating very nutritious and healthy foods yeah. and which is what Faria was saying is that we're not talking enough about you know these type of foods that you're supposed to eat during that that time frame and so when you have that clarity I think that clarity comes from the type of food you're actually eating
2: yeah, absolutely I totally agree with both of you and that's why we say that you know both of you are talking about this and then you in the end you're saying that we're going back to normality so you both of you are not thinking of this as long-term anyway that's so then, right answer then is this the answer not really because mm-hmm. we want something which we're doing every day forever and that's it's the good. balance we want and that's why we're always we dietitians nutritionists we're always talking about this that balance type moderation including mm. everything but everything in balance
0: yeah it's a lifestyle it's- right
2: Absolutely. Exactly. Right. It's like integrated right. integrated, it's part of your day-to-day. Yes, and the stress with it, that I'm on a diet, it, you're all the time, you're constantly in stress. And it's the, the strange thing about us humans is that there's no middle ground. Either we're doing it, or then when we are not doing it, we're just stuffing our face then. So there's no middle ground as well, I believe.
1: Can a part of fasting be cleansing? Because there's a lot of, um, be it religious or even in general, would fasting be a synonym of cleansing?
2: Well, for this question, when you say cleansing, I'm right. not sure what that means because the thing is, what usually people refer to when they talk about cleansing is that they're talking about getting rid of toxins, right. uh, uh, toxins yes. from the word toxin wastes. And the first and foremost thing we must really understand that our body has this mechanism uh, which automatically removes toxins from the body anyway. So your liver, your kidney is, are all the time working. So when whatever bad stuff uh, is occurring in your body, those toxins are removed by your kidney and liver. Right. So, and if, For some reason, there is a toxic buildup in your body. That means you need to be going to the hospital. You need medical attention. So this, I think this term is being used a lot on social media mm-hmm. and on, you know, every, on, in magazines that detox, detox. So first we need to understand that this cleansing, this detox, our body is really cleverly. Mm. So it, it is being right. cleansed anyway. As far as the fasting side is concerned, as we mentioned earlier, the benefits are there. You know, the research is there. But saying that if someone is not doing it, but if they are following a healthy lifestyle, they will get rid of the toxins anyway. The, they will To further put it, when we say that you know your kidneys and liver will detoxify your body and cleanse your body, this means that we need to keep our liver and kidney healthy. Mm-hmm. And how can we keep that healthy? By having a healthy diet, which we already talked about, you know, the carbs and the fruit and the veg and the protein. So again, it all comes down to the balanced diet.
0: You've hit the nail on the head in the sense where our body is, there's a natural intelligence. Our system is functioning the way it functions. So we should trust in it that it's already doing what needs to be done. Right. But on that same thought process, I mean, it sounds like a very basic question, but if just say you had no access to medical like external medical care, how would you know that what you're doing and your body is actually functioning in, in the right way?
2: You will just not feel well. You will, if God forbid, if you we are talking about toxins being built up, you will just collapse. You will not, you will not be able to digest food. You will have serious, serious medical problems. If you think that you're, you're moving, you're walking, you're talking, you're feeling energetic, you know, uh, you're not feeling drained. You're not feeling tired. Uh, just think, have trust that I'm well. If, and the, the problem is that sometimes, you know, what's happening in in our, uh, in our these days is that we feel tired, we feel lazy, and we just put the blame on, oh, I've got a very uh, busy schedule. So this is what's happening. So the one thing which we really need to do is to differentiate that, is this because of the busy schedule in my life or is this, is this my body really not feeling well? Because many times, many of my clients, uh, who've got diabetes what's happening is that they are feeling tired and lethargic but they think that oh they've got this very busy routine and they they, they never find out that they've got diabetes they don't even do their tests to find out and later when mm-hmm. things go really worse when they feel really poorly right then it is detected so we really need, if there I would suggest that if someone is feeling really tired lethargic sleepy or feeling thirsty this is the time you know that they,
0: they need to investigate. Right. So it's a, it's really about building awareness, listening to your body, which yes. means that you have to be paying attention. You have to be a conscious human being, I think, to, to a large extent, because you need to be aware of what's going on yeah. with you. Right. Otherwise, it will become chronic, as you were saying. In- Absolutely. Way. Right. So
1: we've identified that dieting is not something sustainable. So if you were to do intermittent fasting, you should focus on the type of food you're going to mm. be eating. But the problem of weight loss is there. I think for women in general, we're all kind of constantly thinking about looking a certain way or, or, or slimming down because society says that this is what we are supposed to be doing. So, what is your general advice if somebody says, I want to lose weight?
2: I always extend support and I always give them different techniques and ways. um I will always guide them through a healthy lifestyle. But then again, uh, every person is different. So what's happening these days now is that we're looking at pictures on Instagram or we're looking at posts and all we all of us are comparing our bodies with their bodies. And what's happening is we need to understand that even if two twins, if twins eat exactly the same, and if they have the exactly same physical activity, but their body structure might not be the same. So this understanding that the body structures, how our body responds to food, How our body responds to the environment is completely different. So honestly, I do try to explain to my patients, my clients that, you know, we will, we will work on your weight loss, but what you have in mind, probably uh, that's not where you will get what I talk to them about is changing their behavior and assuring themselves at first eating well and then assuring themselves that yes I'm eating well I'm looking after my body and then then being confident in whatever I am and the other thing which I say to them that is eventually if you're looking after your body if you're eating the right kinds of food if you're moving um, if you're mentally you're in a peaceful place eventually your body will respond so you will lose weight But the the idea which is in your head, probably not that. And then you have to accept it, what it is, because you know that you're feeding
0: your body well. From what you're saying, it sounds like when you speak with your clients, it's more of a mindset conversation that you're having Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. before you're actually even approaching the mm. how-to, the, the the actual work mm. that you need to put in. Mm. It's like, how are you going through your day? What's your mindset around this? Yes,
2: yes. The thing is, Tasha, my clients come to me, we want to lose 20 kilos. We want to lose 25 kilos. I have mm. I explained to them that, you know, you have to be realistic about your weight loss as well. And again, It is not that straightforward. Like they made it a very simple problem. You just eat less and move more and there you go. You will start losing weight. But it is not that straightforward. There are so many external factors, your genes within you, and then the environment Mm -hmm. together when they interact, how your body behaves will be completely different. So this, this right. is the message we, which we need to spread, which, which needs to go to the people that everyone's bodies will be different and how they respond will be
1: different. Exactly. Everyone's unique. There are circumstances, their environment. Intermediate fasting is maybe not made for everyone. So just kind of drawing to your expertise uh, with diabetes and your clients with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Are people who are having diabetes, it's healthy for them to do? Like for example, intermediate fasting?
2: For people with diabetes, it depends. The thing is, uh, on what stage and what level their diabetes is. For someone who is on insulin and on specific uh, medications, Uh, We will never recommend someone doing intermittent fasting because then their sugar levels can drop to a dangerous level. So people who are on specific medications, they would need to be eating throughout the day to get that burst of energy. But sometimes some people who are not on certain medications or they have been told that they just have to follow a lifestyle, perhaps they can give it a go. But then again, what I say to them is that maybe your sugar levels will drop. But then what is the long-term thinking? What is your planning? What will happen after five months? What will happen after six months? So this is what I always tend to discuss with them. And most of them come to this conclusion that no, we are not able to do it. So please tell us the other easier way so that we can (laughs) please sustain it
0: forever. And as you say this, is there really a forever, right? Is there really a a plan that we can follow through for the rest of our lives? Eh, I'm not so sure. There are certain practices you'd follow, Mm -hmm. but then... It adjusts as, as life adjusts with you. So I'm sure like if uh, if I had children, the whole conversation would be a different conversation yeah. because mm-hmm. I can compare Like when I was living by myself, I had full control about how I was eating and I didn't buy unhealthy food. So I controlled everything. But then when you live in a South Asian household, uh, food is always cooked. So mm-hmm. it's like the conversation is about, well, I, I can't speak for every South Asian household, but in mine, it's like uh, you put on too much weight. But then I've made all this food. You have to finish it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, yes, uh, yes. What are you trying to do? I'm getting mixed signals here. So I'm yes. supposed to eat the food, but also not eat the food. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. Yeah.
1: And the obsession about how you look, right? So when they greet oh, you, yes. is when they greet you it's like oh you've put on weight or oh, yes. you know it's never it's never oh, how are you and full stop it's always oh yeah. you've put on weight it's so rude I have been I about have
2: been vocal about this to be honest when I've been made, making posts on
1: this as well on my
2: Instagram is that because we know what's happening so we are part of this culture so we need to bring a change now so it's just it has become more of a tradition that whenever you see each other oh you look so fat patli ho ho and moti ho ho and comment the first comment 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 is and you know oh you've got dark circles like something has to be you know the the physical aspect has to be you know highlighted first and then you will Mm. know so I always say that you first you need to build boundaries and if someone is commenting you just need to get the message across that sorry thank you very much I don't want to listen to these comments but if if that's not the case then we are the next generation we can make a change and our children will not do it and let's make a start I think
0: fully agree fully right. agree yes. all right so we generally end our conversations with a uh, round of rapid fire questions to actually get to know you fariha so um, the first question is what is the first sign that you notice when you are out of balance
2: so the answer to this question would be tasha that i have become really really irritable i become uh, you know angry and what happens <laughs> all <laughs> the stress and anger goes out on my children and the response which I get is, mom, I think you're not feeling well. You know, you need some help. They, they, my child are associated with it, with it. Yeah, they know that because most of the time I'm a very happy and a chirpy person. So right. they exactly know that when I'm grumpy and most of the time when I'm shouting at them, let, let's put right. it that way, I'm shouting at them so they know that there's, you know, I know in my heart and <laughs> they know that yes, there is some problem somewhere.
1: They're, they're your sounding board. They're like, uh, they're your bell. you know, it's like something is going wrong. So what do you do when you realize that you know you're out of balance or you're acting up?
2: In situations like this, I let it out. And in situations like this, whatever I'm feeling, something I've watched in the news or I've some I've not done something really well and I'm not happy about it, I just call her and I speak to her. And sometimes I, I will shout at her as well. But <laughs> i think this, this comes down to the support i think i'll give That's this right and you know she will listen there there are chances that i, I won't even listen to her advice but she will give me <laughs> the advices and all and, and that will make me feel better
1: yeah <laughs> bless your sister god bless <laughs> i, the- I, I, I t- totally agree with you it's yeah. like having that person you can kind of vent to
0: yes. right And I guess the the last question is, uh, what is one book that has impacted your approach Mm -hmm. to well-being or wellness? The thing is, um, I'll be very honest with you, Tasha. I'm not the person who's reading books
2: and all. I'm more of a person who will watch TV, Netflix, you know, listen to music, sometimes documentaries, but I'm not a book person. But yes, there have been certain books. And one, one of the books which I've been reading, um, and I, I really love it, and it's called Gene Eating. And it's by Dr. Giles. It's, uh, the, the, the Why I like this book is that it's exactly what I've been saying all along, is that the, the, the idea that, you know, um, eat less, move more. We really need to come out of this. We really need to understand that why someone is overweight and why it's sometimes it's not their fault and why someone is unable to lose weight and why someone will lose weight very easily. So I think this book really has has cleared my, you know, uh, concepts, misconceptions. And I will ask everyone if they feel feel that they're not clear on this, this is the book to read. Mm, That's
0: a
1: good good one. Mm-hmm. And especially, and I was also thinking, um, it doesn't have to be a book, because I'm also very much I'm, I like audio. And I like also to, mm-hmm. to watch, uh, for example, a documentary. So definitely, uh, maybe for our next guest asking them, you know, is there a documentary or a
0: book?
2: that yeah, you recommend good point yes <laughs> yes Thank I'm, you so much. I'm, I'm the type of person as well I, I like listening more and if with me I, I listen even sometimes the podcasts become long for me so you mm. know when the Instagram lives, people live right it's a half an hour I tend to listen to them that gives me lots of knowledge as well and in less time I gain a lot so I do that's that That's right
1: uh, yeah uh, and it's yeah. very interactive right and yeah, you're things, yeah. so
0: you, you're entertained as you're gaining yeah. knowledge so that's that's great Thank you for that. Thank you, Fariha, for being here today and, and kind of shedding light and putting our our uh, reservations for just more like questions to rest to you uh, about intermittent fasting and, and dieting and what we can do to address it uh, if you want to try it.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, both of you. It was a pleasure.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and select that follow or subscribe button. For now, stay safe and we'll see you next week.